Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please turn in your Bibles with me this morning to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1. The Bible says on the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. I love weddings. Amen. I don't understand why some of you don't love weddings. I love weddings. I love marriages. Amen. And Jesus Christ loved it too. That's why it was the first place he performed his miracle. The Bible said on the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Amen. And when they had run out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Friends, there are times that when you have been doing something for a while, you get tired. And particularly in the situation that we are about to see this morning. Now, weddings, the, the oriental weddings back in those days, I don't know why they still do the same now, actually. Their weddings went out for days. And this particular wedding, they have been eating, they have been whining and dining for days. This is the third day. And the Bible said that they ran out. No matter how well you thought you have prepared your plan in your life, sometimes, no matter how much, though, I want to be where you are. Sometimes, situations of life hit you and you feel, yeah, I know I want to be where you are. I don't feel like it. I want to do this business. I don't feel like it. I want to do this marriage. I don't feel like it. Sometimes we do run out of wine. There are many people that God has called in ministry that just give up because their wine ran out. Some people give out of their career. They walk out of their marriage. They just felt the wine ran out. This morning, I pray for a refill upon you in the name of Jesus. The Bible said, the mother of Jesus came to him. He said, they have no wine. Now, there are so many dimensions to this. But it's interesting how some moms get themselves involved in other people's business. They just can't sit by and watch things fall apart. And I thank God for their lives. Amen. Something else you should see about this is, she believed in the grace upon her son. Amen. Even though she was the mother of Jesus Christ, she didn't take him for granted. Because she knew what the angel had said concerning this son right from the start. What is it that God said to you concerning what you delivered? Concerning the business you're doing? Concerning the career you are doing? What encounter you have with God? The Bible said, she went to Jesus and said they have no wine. Another thing you must understand here is she didn't fool herself. She said exactly what was going on. She didn't go around gossiping about it. The Bible said in verse 4, Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now this to tell us that Jesus Christ really wouldn't have done anything on this occasion. But because of the kind of relationship he had with his mother, he kind of waived the normal procedure, the normal timing. Because of the relationship which he had with his mother. I mean, he could see what was going on, 
but he wasn't going to get involved. But there are times you must understand that relationship surpasses order. Are you, are you listening to what I'm trying to say now? Because of the relationship he had with his mother, he decided that, you know what? Now mom has said this matter. His mother didn't even mind him. What did the mother do? She went on to give instructions to the servants. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Now this is quite interesting to me. Because as at this point, Jesus had not yet done any public miracles. But there is something that is annoying in her spirit. That made her to understand that the world must know what this man carried. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Verse 6, now there were six pot, water pots of stone. According to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. So the maximum will be 180 gallons. And the minimum will be 120 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. This is very interesting. They filled them up to the brim. He didn't tell them how much to fill it. He just told them, fill the water pot. They didn't question him. They wanted wine. He didn't give them wine. He gave them instructions. There are times in your life that what you think you want is not really what you need. What you need is instructions. And this morning, God is bringing instructions to you. God is coming to you. He's speaking to you. He's guiding you into the things you need most in your life. And he said to them, after they filled it to the brim, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it again. They took it. I mean, this is water. And they took the water to the master of the feast. When the master of the feast had tasted the water, that was made wine. He did not know where it came from. But the servant had drunk. They knew where the water came from. It was from the purification pots. It's not really a drinking pot. It's not the kind of place you expect that kind of miracle to take place. And the master of the feast called the bridegroom. Who by now was going through serious trouble. Who by now was feeling embarrassed. His life was really messed up. How can my marriage start like this? Everybody started their marriage with so much joy. How can there be lack at the beginning of my life? This business is not looking the way I want it to be. And so they said to him, Every man at the beginning set out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, and may I just bought somebody's religious idea here or belief. That the wine was not alcoholic. He was alcoholic. Because you can see from the statement. It was not fruit. So start shaking right now your religious belief. This man said it. He said everybody, after they have drunk, if they were drinking fruit, why would they not know the difference? After three days. Okay. And he said, go and get drunk. I'm just reading the Bible. He said after they have been drunk, then they will not know the difference. The inferior one now will be served later. But you have kept the good wine until now. The title of my message today, my miracle sneaked up on me. 
Now, from Genesis to Revelation, it's very clear in the Bible that God is a God of order and principles. You look at the way God created the heavens and the earth. He made everything. He did everything in stages. So God made it clear that he is a God of order. He created the sun to rule in the daytime. And he created the stars and the moon to rule in the night. That's why we knew that when it's night, the moon will come up. The stars will shine. When it's daylight, we expect the sun. So we kind of understand that God put things in order. Very important. And then there was a time after the flood that Noah did something supernatural. He gave the most expensive sacrifice to God. And the Bible said that his sacrifice penetrated into the heavens and rose up to the presence of God and God smelt. He smelt a sweet smelling aroma of the sacrifice that Noah gave. And God made a vow in Genesis 8:2. And then he said, as long as the earth remains. What did he say? Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall never cease. God is a God of seasons, of times and principles. God said, I'm not going to break my own time. I'm not going to break my principles. I will put it in place because that is who I am. So as a result of this, we have all learned to expect God to move in times and seasons. We have all learned to sow a seed and to wait and to expect a harvest because that's what God put in place. We understand this perfectly. And it's like when you look at the scriptures, the Bible tells us in John chapter 5, that there's a particular pool in Bethsaida that the, 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 the sick folks, they sit there and they expect at a particular time that the angel comes at a certain time to steer the pool, remember the story, which means God brings a healing to them at a time. So which means if it's not yet that time, people don't expect healing. But there is a God that is coming your way. He doesn't need the pool to move. He is the pool of healing. Hallelujah. He is the God of times and seasons himself. And God wants us to come into the time that, yes, I know about the times, I know about the season, but also I am God. That I alone, I can do what I want to do. Because he's a God of order. He's a God of principles and times. I want us to understand that many of us have limited our ability and our expectations of God. We have limited that. For example, we have limited that God cannot touch us in certain circumstances. We have believed that God cannot move in certain places. We have felt that, well, you know, pastor is still preaching. Until he gets to a point now when he wants to say, stretch forth your hands. Or he wants to get to a point where he says, come forward. My healing cannot come. But there is a God whose word is going forth. Are you listening to me now? So we cannot limit this God because he's a God of all times and seasons. Amen. We often forget one major factor. Even though God created times and seasons, he is not bound by them. He, he created the boundaries of the earth and he stretched forth the heavens. But God is not confined to space. Are you following what I'm saying now? Our God is a God of all seasons, but he is not seasonal. He is a God that created time. He is timeless, but God is also a timely God. Something you must understand about God 
is that you cannot tell God, this is the time you will move. This is the time I expect you to do that. This is the way you move. The Bible makes it very, very clear about our God. In Isaiah 6, from verse 7, the Bible says, Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. Are you with money? Before she was in labor, she gave birth. That didn't make sense to me. Why? Why is it not the same God who said in Genesis chapter 3, in verse 16, he said to the woman, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception, and in pain you will bring forth children. See, God said that in place, but the same God now says, before she was in labor, she gave birth. That's to tell you that God is a God who can do as he pleases. Amen. May God do something in your life this morning. The Bible said, the Bible said, I want you to understand some, what's going on here. God put things in place. God understands the, the times and the season of the body. He knows about the cycles of your body. God knows what goes on in the, each trimester of your pregnancy. He knows about the top pregnancy. He knows about the 511 rule. Do you understand that happened as a woman is about to go into, into de delivering her baby? He knows the things the doctors have told you. But this uh, God is saying, before she labored, she gave birth. Oh, Jesus. This is a God that understands conception. But this is the same God who just ensures that somebody just found themselves pregnant. I've been pregnant for six months and I didn't know. Have you not had such testimonies? People just say, you know, I just thought it was something. I didn't even know what it was. God who say, I am a creator. God is able to make a woman to conceive without a womb. It's the same God that put the in place is the same God who says I can do what I choose to do. He's the same God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. The Bible says in verse 8 of that scripture, you must understand this in Isaiah 66. He said, who has had such a thing? Think carefully. Who has had such a thing? Who has had such a thing? Who has had such a thing that a person can go it can get a job they didn't apply for. Who has had such <laughs> who has had such a thing that companies are chasing you, running after you? Who has had such a thing that a person can get an invitation into a contract they didn't even bid for? They we heard about you. Who has had such a thing that a person who was completely ungodly one day just say, you know what? I had a dream. Not so, you know, you have been telling me stuff about this, your God. I am coming to know this God with you. Who has had such a thing that a person who is addicted to something one day wakes up? Are you following me now? Because you are praying. Because you are praying. Who has had such until you and I believe the scriptures? Who has had such a thing? an old woman can be pregnant and deliver a baby. Who has heard? So I pray for you this morning. The things that ear has not heard before. Receiving the name of Jesus has had such a thing. Listen, he now said again, whenever things are written in scripture, you must believe it. The next thing he said in Isaiah 66 verse 8, he said, who has seen? Who has heard? Then the who have seen. I pray that what I have 
What eyes have not seen, ear has not heard. May you receive it. May you receive it. May you receive it in the name of Jesus. The reason it was put there is God was breaking an order. May the Lord break the normal order of things for you. In the name of Jesus. The reason why he had to put it and be seated for a second. This morning there's something bubbling in my spirit. There's something bubbling in my spirit. He says, who has had such a thing? In other words, there is a way we expect it to be. We expect you to, 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 have, to, to buy something and build it, give it some time. That's normal. But God said, I also do abnormal things. I do abnormal things. It's not only the devil that can shut things down. I can, I can create things when things appear shut down. In the midst of darkness, I am walking. Who has had such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Oh, Jesus, Jesus. The Bible tells us that clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want to show you the dimension of hearing it and seeing it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 to 10, he said, But it's been written, I has not seen. He has not heard. He has not entered the heart of men with things God has prepared for those who what? Who love him. But listen to what he says. He said, But it's been revealed. It has been revealed. <laughs> God has revealed them to us through his spirit. This morning received the ability for revelation. Yeah. Revelation creates a change. Revelation changes the mode of things. Revelation changes the normal flow. Right now, some people all understanding is what they can get on CNN, on Sky News, on wherever, on BBC. But when there is revelation, you have an ability to break the normal flow. I said in the name of Jesus, receive the revelation that changes, takes you from ordinary to super ordinary. In the name of Jesus. It is revelation that keeps making you to believe this child will change. This business will change. I am not looking at the things that are natural. For the things that are natural and physical, they are temporary. I believe God. I am seeing a new day. I am seeing a new time. I am seeing a new church. I am seeing a new business. I am seeing a new people. I am seeing a new land, a new nation. Are you, can you see with me? It's been revealed to us by the Spirit. By the Spirit. That's why he says, shall the earth, <laughs> shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Those things were put there because they are going, they're happening. But they are not things that everybody understands. How, so how did it happen? If you can always explain everything going on in your life, you have not encountered the power of God. Shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, as soon as Zion traveled, King James Version put it, I love that one. He said she gave birth to her children. I pray that your traveling will not, be in, will not be in vain. It will not be in vain. Your effort will not be in vain. Your seeking the Lord will not be in vain. You sang the song, I want to be where you are. I want to be where you are. I want to be where you are. Only you, O oh God. Joy is where you are. May the joy of the Lord bath miracles in your life. As you thank him, praise him. As you rejoice in his presence, may the joy of the Lord be your strength. Oh, Jesus. You know, he says something there in verse 10. As I ran down. I need to go. 
He said, rejoice with Jerusalem. That's Isaiah 66 verse 10. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her. All you who love her. <laughs> now you must understand that this was given at the time that Jerusalem was in ruins. Jerusalem was going to go through tribal troubles and everything you see on the outside is bad news. But God is saying rejoice with her. He now said rejoice for Rejoice for joy with her, all of you who mourn for her. That the key to breaking things and changing it is rejoicing. I know you are mourning, but change mourning into rejoicing. <laughs> are you following this now? Change your mourning into rejoicing. Change the story. Change the narrative. Change what you are saying. I know what you're looking at is the ruins, but don't talk about the ruins. Begin to rejoice because there's a rebuilding. There's a rebuilding of strength in the church. There's a rebuilding of strength in the homes. Rebuilding of strength in your business. Rebuilding of strength, hallelujah, in our career. A new breed of people are rising up in the land. They are not just shouting black life matters. They are mattering them themselves. They matter in the matter that matters most. They matter in the matter that matters most. <laughs> Our children that have been raised will not be for drugs, will not be for dropout in schools. There will be people that matter. They will speak words that are sound. They will know things that must be done. These are the new generation. Everything that has gone before them has set up the start, the step of the stage for their coming. The pains and the, and the stripes on the back of their fingers. And they are not going to waste it. One of the songs I love in that show, Hamilton, don't throw away your shot. The pains of their grandfathers and their fathers will not be for, for nothing. The opportunity that is setting right now, where organizations are intentionally looking for smart boys, smart black boys and black girls, they will not waste it. A lot of people that will smoke away their future, get pregnant in their teenage years, not those ones. People that will say, well, I may have made mistakes. I'm rising up. I am facing where I must face. That's what God is saying. Begin to speak into a generation coming. Rejoice. So the Bible says in Isaiah 54, verse 1. And I'm coming to John chapter 2 in a minute. God have mercy on us today. He says, sing, O barren. You that you have not born, break forth into singing. That again to show you how God thinks. The barren normally should be complaining. But he said he should sing. Cry aloud. You know this passage, so let me jump it. Uh, if you don't know it, please read it. This is a Bible-believing church. Then he says in verse 5, how and why should the barren sing? I want to show you something. It actually was a revelation to me this week as I studied this passage. What will give the barren the confidence that my singing will not be in vain? You know, there are certain things 
that unless you leave it, you can't understand it. A certain pain. <laughs> I once had a pain, shoulder pain. Um, sorry, I keep holding this. It's just dropping. A certain pain. I once had a pain, my shoulder pain. So when anybody talks about they had shoulder pain, I know what it is. Because it was so bad, I could not put on my own shirt. So I know you could touch it. Just touch it. so ridiculous. I couldn't explain it. So there's certain pain that only by experiencing it can you understand. So when I read, when I read this for the first time, almost I never read it before. Verse 5, look at it. Why should a barren sing? What will give her the opportunity or the assurance that her singing will not be in vain? Why should a businessman who is failing sing? Why should a student watch this? He said, for your maker is your husband. <laughs> you know, I didn't see this before. When doctor said that I had low sperm count, I didn't see this. God cannot have low sperm count. <laughs> Are you getting my point now? <laughs> so if God is my confidence, if my eyes are not on my husband or on my wife, if I realize that my partnership is with God, I cannot fail. Did you get what I just said now? <laughs> if I'm looking up to God, I'm, I thank God for the physical person I'm in with, but I thank God that God is my husband. I thank God that God is, the, you see, both God is also the big-breasted one, so he also can be my wife because I'm in love with him. It says he's your husband, watch it, the Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer. When I saw that, I said, God, why has this been hiding from me? Redeemer, he replaced me. <laughs> He's my banker. That's why my business can't fail. You have to get to a point where you know you're not by yourself. You remember when we just finished? His angels are with you. That your partnership is God. If you understand that he is the one you are working with, he is the one you are in relationship with, you will speak like one who knows the end. God, I thank you. You are my redeemer. You are my help. You are my husband. You are my wife. You are my lover. That's why I cannot have no spam count. That's why I cannot have without, I cannot have fibroids. There is no sickness in you. This body, he is your body. He said, a body you are prepared for me. Hallelujah! <laughs> he has taken over my body. There can be no cancer in my body. So what do I need to do now? I need to praise him. Hallelujah! <laughs> I need to praise him in obedience. Even though it's crazy. And as I begin to prepare you for next Sunday, because I have to finish this next week. So in the story that we read, in John chapter 5, <laughs> sorry, John chapter 2, the Bible said they came to him, the mother, of, the mother of Jesus Christ came to him and said, whatever he tells you, do it. Now I know it's a lot easier if he can just give them wine. It's a lot easier. They have run out of wine, and all he could just do is, see, like the manners were dropping from heaven. Here is wine. It's a lot easier. You can just give me my husband right now. Just make me to go to Sainsbury, and he'll say, Oh, your name is uh, Debbie. 
God sent me to you. Hey. It will be a lot easier. If I just got what I need now. But God, rather than give me a physical thing, he leads me to instructions. And so he said to them, where are my guys? So he said to them, go and fill the water pot with water. Now, the Bible says there were six pots and each one of them is hundred and Sorry, each one of them is 20 or 30 liters or gallons. This is four and a half liters, which is a gallon now. Five gallons, five liters is a gallon. So I want to imagine a gallon. And now, to fill the six pots, you need 180 gallons. Do you understand what I'm saying now? 180 of this. So, now these pots, these, these bowls, uh, how many liters you said? 16 liters, that's divided by 5. So that's roughly, that's about 3 gallons. So you hold the one that is easy. I hold the one that is difficult. <laughs> you know when you're in a party, everybody's looking at you that you don't know your job. They believe the wine is at the back, you're not bringing them out. The food is at the back, you're not bringing them out. People sometimes believe the servants of God or the servants of anybody representing, they are the ones failing them. I need food. I need drink. Bring it out. But those ones are running all over the place. They don't have an answer. They have told the groom, bridegroom, there is nothing. And the man is confused. I've invited everybody from all over. Now, instruction said, fetch water. So they fetch the water. And as they fetch the water, they carry from one pot and they pour it into the gallon, into the pot. And they are talking to themselves. Can you see wine? Is it changing? But this is not wine. In what way is this helping my case? How can this help my case? How can my child be healed? I want my child to be healed. But I'm not seeing anything. All we have to do is to follow the water. And then they carry it on going. And they carry it on going with the water. And they carry it on going with the water. I want to think about six pots they had to fill. This is just one we are trying to fill. And then they poured it in there. They poured it in there. And while they were thinking, they realized that the mother must know something they didn't know. So they had to do it joyfully. Because the guests are all looking at them. People are watching them. And so they had to do it joyfully. When you obey the Lord, you cannot afford to just stumble after obedience. You have to follow him. The Bible said they're giving glory to the Lord. When Abraham followed God, he followed God with joy. He followed God with praises. He said, I thank him. I bless his name. I know my Redeemer lives. I will not obey him in vain. After this, there must be something. They don't know what, but they kept on fetching water. Are you fetching water? As they fetch the water every day. Every day they walk, they got, they got up. They got up, they fetch water. They poured it in. Then they went back. I want to think about 180 gallons they had to fill. They collected water. They poured water. Many times, the reason why we stop believing is because what we are seeing is physical effort. What you are looking at is physical effort. 
But God is watching your obedience on daily basis. He could have said one time, but he said, feel it. And they filled it. My dear friends, they filled it to the brim. They filled it to the brim. Every single day they say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. Whether I'm happy or sad, I want to praise you. I vow to praise you. Praise is what I do. Praise is all I know. Praise is what I do. I vow to praise you. Whether I'm happy or sad, I give you all the praise. I want to praise you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for my husband. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children. I thank you for my career. Lord, I give you praise. I will not change this for another. I give you thanks, Lord Jesus. They kept on fetching water. They kept on fetching water. They said, what are you doing? He asked me to fetch water. And I'm fetching water. If they had to carry it, they kept on carrying it. Then something now happened. Then the six water pots got full. The year got full. The period got full. Everything they were supposed to do, they did it. Then he told them to do another very crazy thing. Friends, until you understand that craziness is what God is asking of you in obedience. Craziness. Not your feeling. Not your feeling. Nobody normally will feel like carrying water when it's not solving the problem. My situation remains, but I'm still carrying water. But he said to them, now, fetch out of it and take to the master of ceremony. Now, one thing is to do something in private. Another thing is to now go and make a fool of yourself. The master of ceremony is not an ignorant man. When you do your weddings, you don't just choose anybody. You choose somebody who is really important as a chairman of the occasion. And so they took the water in obedience. Friends, what they fetched was water. What they poured was water. What they collected was water. But between the fetching and the water pot, God sneaked a miracle on me. He sneaked a miracle. He sneaked a miracle. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. Watch this. I don't know how he did it. God, between the time the doctor said, this is the only way you can deal with this matter, and the time you went home, and the time you praised, and the time you committed it to God, God sneaked a miracle on you. Two months disappeared. Are you following what I'm trying to say? The job changed because I carried on fetching water. I want to pray for somebody in this place today. I am telling you what I know. I'm telling you what I'm living because I cannot explain all the goodness of God in my life. But between the problem and the obedience, consistent obedience, God sneaks miracles. I want to pray for you and I'm going to come back to this next week. Because the Bible is full of how God sneaks in miracles. And you must understand when he says to you, praise me. Praise me rather than mourn for me. There is a reason. Because between the problem and the manifestation, they don't even know. They thought they were carrying water. I want to ask you this question as I close. 
Do you know if anybody asked the groom of that wedding? So tell me, how did you manage to save the best until now? He will tell you, I don't know. I don't know. All we did was we fetched water. Many of you have been fetching waters. And you are wondering, God, what's going to happen? I've been fetching water for years. I've been fetching water for my family. Now, this family has not changed. I've been fetching water in my career. This business has not turned around. I want to say to you, don't give up. 180 gallons of water. 180 gallons. I wish I could physically demonstrate it. Because the scripture is written for a reason. There was no tap, they just turned on. And then, okay, it's full now. Stop it. No. They fetched it from one place to another place. So think about that. Think about the time it took them. Think about the processes in their mind. They could have stopped. Have you stopped? Do you think there's no point in this God? If he can't fix COVID-19, why am I serving him? Is that what you think? Are you thinking that your marriage is all over? Your business is over? <laughs> this one, I want to thank him for the waters that you are fetching. You need to thank him for a new heart you are receiving for it. Because you must praise him with a cheerful heart. You must thank him, Lord, I obey you cheerfully. I carry out your instruction cheerfully. Why? Because I believe there is an end to this. I want to give you praise. Go ahead right now if you are at home. I want to just rise up wherever you are. I want just to say, Lord, I thank you. I give you praise for miracles that are sneaking on me. Sneaking on me on the right. Sneaking on me on the left. Miracles that I don't even know how they're happening. Healings in my body. Jobs you are offering me. Favor you surround me with. God, I thank you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you, Lord. I thank you. I want to praise you. For praise is all I do. I got joy like a river. Joy like a river. Your presence fills my heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are worthy of my praise. This morning, I don't want to close this meeting without giving you an opportunity to know Jesus. If you don't know him, if you'd like to rededicate your life this morning, you want to say, I want to know this Jesus. You see, the reason this miracle happened was because there was a relationship. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, how can you ask him? How can you obey him consistently? Number one, he was invited to that wedding. Imagine he wasn't invited. I want you to invite him into your life this morning. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my home. Come into my marriage. Or you have invited him, but your eyes have been on man. Your eyes have been only on what you can do. He said that your maker is your husband. This morning, you want to thank him because of his involvement. That's why in weddings, we say that what God has joined together, God is a cementing factor. Bring back the element of God. Say, Lord, I thank you. Your strength cannot fail. In my home, in my marriage, in my studies, your strength cannot fail in my plans. So right now, go ahead and talk to him. Say, Lord, I invite you back. Everybody needs to do that. I invite you back into my life. Feel, manifest your power. Go beyond my preparation. Do what only you can do. What eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Do it, oh God, for me. I thank you, Father, because you show up in between my obedience, you will sneak in a miracle. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. I'm 
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.